Hi there. I just wanted to take a moment to invite you, if you're up for it, to join my great Aussie alcohol experiment that is starting on Monday the 29th of May. Very, very excited about it. It's a bit of a strange start date, but I like to start on a Monday. <laughs> this is the program that changed my life. I went from somebody who could only take a little bit of time off from drinking and always felt like they were having a terrible time. I had had some warnings. My um, kid had said to me she didn't want me to bring wine to the um, bedroom anymore and I had fallen into a rose bush and got a rose uh, bark stuck in my near my jugular and my discharge notes said pissed fell into a rose bush which was mortifying and then I came across this methodology so previous to that it always been really really painful to stop drinking it was something I was like this is going to be awful I did the alcohol experiment and it changed my life. Within two weeks, I was like, where can I sign up to be a coach? And I was already training to, like, training to be a counsellor and psychotherapist and this was like the added piece. And the reason why was because this methodology is not about stopping. It's not about restricting it's about changing the way you feel about alcohol so that you can take alcohol to a place where it is small and irrelevant, where you no longer want it. It is a wanting program. It is not a behavioral program. And it's quite counterintuitive to a lot of us because we've been taught that things have to be hard. This isn't hard. This is joyful. Yeah, there's tough moments in it, but it's a process of learning about ourselves. And it's an experiment, right? So it's an experiment which means we're just trying something. We don't need to make a big drama about it. But it's also an experiment because the purpose isn't abstinence. The purpose is awareness, data collection, information. It is such a good program and I recommend it because it's what led me to take a year off from booze and now I'm three years alcohol, joyfully alcohol free and I keep discovering why. That's so, so amazing and exciting. But this isn't about people stopping drinking. This is about people seeing what happens if they take 30 days off booze. And the difference in my program is not only do you get videos with brilliant research content about alcohol, about the process of stopping drinking, but you, and you get reflections, daily reflections. So you do some journaling, which really helps as well. But on a daily basis, I do group Zoom coaching. So every day of the 30 days, should you want to, you can come and be coached and have accountability with me and a group of other awesome people. That's the magic. That's what I, that's my difference. I, as I said, I'm a qualified coach, counsellor and psychotherapist. And in my programs, we get really deep. We go really deep. And it's really good fun too. We have a laugh. We might have a cry. We have a giggle. 
and we go deep because a lot of the time we're not drinking we're not drinking for light reasons <laughs> we're drinking to escape stuff we're drinking to escape you know the stress of our days and stuff like that so we work on all that sort of stuff but it's brilliant come and join me you won't regret it it's a fabulous program and i'll see you in there on this week's episode of midlife af we're going to talk about the connection between alcohol-free living, reducing your alcohol intake, and even taking a break from drinking, and our human potential. So over to me. you're a woman in midlife whose intuition is telling you that giving booze the elbow might be the next right move, then Midlife AF is the podcast for you. Join counsellor, psychotherapist, this naked mind and grey area drinking alcohol coach Emma Gilmore for a weekly natter about parenting quirky teens, menopause, relationships and navigating this thing called midlife alcohol free. If you're feeling that life could be so much more, that you're sick and tired of doing all the things for everyone else, if your intuition is waving her arms manically at you saying, it could all be so much easier if we didn't have to keep drinking, come with me. Together we'll find our groove without booze. Hello everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Midlife AF. I'm your host, Emma Gilmore, and this week we are going to be talking about the connection between being alcohol-free, taking an extended break from alcohol, or reducing our alcohol consumption, and tapping in to our human potential. And I don't often talk about this, but I think I'm about to run into three days of virtual retreat which I'm really looking forward to, which is all going to be about how do you change your relationship with alcohol, even from a place where you're not actually stopping drinking at all. And then we're going to be taking in my next group for the Great Aussie Alcohol Experiment live. And I'm so excited to do this. The reason I get up every morning so full of drive and passion to do this work is because I genuinely believe that if we take alcohol out of our lives or at least reduce it significantly or take extended breaks, and I think this is for everybody, but particularly for women, we open ourselves up to our magic and I know it's probably going to sound a little bit funny because I am not saying that being alcohol free is all happy happy la la I'm not saying that we are perfect that we don't get triggered that things don't upset us that we don't deal with you know the the lifey stuff of life right But what I do genuinely believe is, and I could not, if somebody had told me this back in January 2020, 
what would open up for me in terms of my potential and getting to know myself and being able to trust my intuition and knowing and coming from a place of abundance rather than fear and scarcity. If someone had told me that stopping drinking would allow me to harness everything I could be, I would not have believed them. And this is the thing. We stop drinking and we think it's about drink. And I know I say this all the time. It's never about alcohol. It is always about the reasons why we drink. And it's been amazing, the synchronicity this week. I was I was presenting last week in, a, I was doing a workshop for my lovely friend, Molly Benjamin, who runs the Ladies Finance Club. And I was doing a presentation on saving money and releasing your potential by taking a break from drinking or reducing your drinking. And I went out and I asked some of my alcohol-free friends and my clients, people I work with in my groups, what their, if they were to say in one sentence, what had opened up for them in stopping drinking, it was astonishing. And absolutely none of it was to do with alcohol. Or, and even none of it was really focused on that freedom. Whereas that was a, is a big motivator for me. But it was about the messages I kept getting was this, we stop playing small. I'm sick of playing small. I'm sick of, I, I can access my intuition, my inner knowing. And I know I'm, I'm, I know that I am meant for this huge stuff, you know. And this is what, for me, it's about. It's this authenticity piece, the drive for authenticity. And you'll find if you are on this journey, you've got a little part of your intuition that's knocking on your, on your heart saying, there's something not right here. I think something really cool might happen if we stopped drinking for a little while. And I urge you to listen to that voice because that voice is your essence. And we have all these ideas of what our personality is, but really our personality is just a construct we construct a personality to keep us safe in the world. We construct a personality as we grow up to help us fit in. And we do that in a number of ways. You know, we might be excellent at organization. We might keep a very tidy house. We might excel academically. We might be, um, you know, really effective salesperson. We might be a vivacious personality. We might be whatever it is. 
we have constructed that person in order for us to fit into the world. And where I think the midlife unraveling that Brené Brown talks about in her beautiful essay on the subject, if you don't know what it is, um, look it up. Otherwise, I'll put a link in the show notes to it because it's absolutely amazing. And she basically says that midlife is the time when all of the adaptations, and this is, I'm not quoting her word for word, that we have used to help us in our lives are no longer working for us. That's midlife. And we can either choose to grit our teeth, clutch our, clench our butt cheeks and carry on as we are, keeping our head down, suppressing our needs, ignoring the things that we don't um, want to pay attention to that are too scary for us to deal with and playing small. Or we can say, I'm here for this. I wasn't put on this earth to play small. I was put on this earth to let my freaky light shine and to achieve my human potential. Now, human potential doesn't have to mean I'm going to go and be the president of whatever. A human potential can mean I'm going to stop beating myself up over not having a clean house and I'm going to be able to be present with my family without needing alcohol to stop my judgmental brain from telling me that I am a bag of crap. It might mean I am going to have the conversation that I've not been having with my partner about how I'm feeling in our relationship at the moment and how when they behave in this way, how that impacts my personality and it actually causes me to drink in order to suppress how off-centre it feels with who I think I am. It might mean, like I did, following my nose and deciding to train as an alcohol coach because even though everybody around me thought that spending the money that I spent to join this Naked Minds coaching program was that I was mad, and I remember asking Scott at the beginning of it all if it was a pyramid scheme <laughs> Um, and I had to ask my husband, I was like, we didn't, you know, can we, can I use this money? And luckily he was behind me a hundred percent, but it was, and, and, but I at still at that time, I hadn't yet harnessed my intuition. So I was going around and asking everybody, what did everyone think? Canvassing people's opinions before I took the next step. I don't do that anymore. I 100% know, like I knew that paying for the Gabor Mate course that I did at the beginning of this year was the right thing to do because I knew I felt this tingling in my body and my fingers that I had to do this course because it was giving me the framework that was missing from my coaching. So similarly, when I finished training with this naked mind, and I was doing my counselling um, post-grad, 
I wanted to do Jolene Park's course and that was because her stuff was all about not just changing the mind from a psychological perspective but also how do we change our body because our body and our mind are part of the same thing they're not separate and you know all the stuff around the gut that we learn and similarly for me following my um, intuition with um doing the intuitive eating counseling course that I've been doing because I know in my in my soul that I'm gonna have to get a drink of water I've put an incense <laughs> stick on to burn and um, it's sticking in my throat but see if I can manage without it so I don't have to run off and come back but knowing that you're going to make an investment in something. And again, coming from a place of privilege, 100%, a place of privilege. But for me, it's been, this year's been about, okay, so what can I do to earn the money to be able to pay for the things that I want to do that are going to enhance my offering to my clients? Because they've worked for me. Because these things have worked for me. And because I know that for me, understanding why I'm triggered by things and going back into my history and finding out what the reason is that I'm making such a big deal about whatever it might be and working to be the soft place to land for myself has been very much part of this journey. And I imagine that for anyone, in fact, I've never spoken to a single person who stopped drinking the way that I stopped drinking, which isn't coming from a place of deprivation, which isn't the AA route. Whilst power to that, because I know that for many people that I know that has been a really helpful way to do things, but it wasn't for me because for me it implied there was something, there was something to be had in alcohol. There was some benefit to me. Whereas the work that I do, how I coach around alcohol, is there's no benefit to me in drinking, which is why it's such an amazing transformation. When I was in the UK, I went to a wedding and I was talking to my friends and they were like, I cannot believe of all the people in the world who's decided to become an alcohol coach and train in this area, you're the person because you are such a party animal. But it just completely changed everything to me. And it's allowed me to be, it's allowed me to, I think, understand what's going on with my kids, to really be open and, you know, all those things that when we're kids, especially I find a lot of people who drink, and I know I always say this, but are very sensitive people, be that because they're neurodivergent, be that because they've experienced trauma, be that because they're high sensory, whatever the reason might be, we feel things very deeply. And that can be really hard and exhausting. And that's why a lot of us drink as well, to push through that exhaustion. And also it's just that sort of, you know, that awkwardness that we're not quite right. And, you know, that whole idea of I'm too much. And I was always like, oh, I'm too much. I always want to go first. I was, you know, I get really agitated if I can't speak you know, all this classic ADHD kind of behaviours or, you know, if something upsets me, I'll sort of speak very quickly. Um, but what's been wonderful about this 
process for me is being able to be open to my impetuousness, my impulsivity, and see the strengths in that. And also be kind to myself when I don't get it right, because we don't get things right all the time. We make mistakes and we're learning, yeah? We're always learning. But what I see so often in women and what was absolutely my experience as well, was I was drinking because I was really not happy, even though I thought I was. My job was, it just felt very, I felt very vulnerable there. I felt like it was so competitive and I felt like people were trying to, like I was trying to grasp and other people were trying to grasp and it felt very graspy. And I've never enjoyed competition. For me, I've always, if, a, if competition comes along, I'd actually, I, I generally am like, I'm okay, thanks, without the competition. I'd rather not play. Because I don't want to compete with everybody, other people. Because I don't believe there's only one place at the top. I believe there's space for all of us. This is an abundant world. There is absolutely room for all of us to shine our fucking freaky lights and achieve our potential and go for it. Whatever dream we have, whatever, you know, just being it just being able to be open to our passions and pursue them, um, to believe in ourselves and to come from a place of expansion. And again, a huge, huge privilege, yeah? But because there is huge, huge privilege, doesn't mean I'm not going to talk to the difference it makes in your life when you're able to have the grown-up conversations because you've worked enough on yourself, which I genuinely don't think you can do unless you take a break from drinking because drinking always takes you away from yourself always about escaping where you are abandoning what's going on for you and you know people may agree or disagree with me but for me one of my strongest and I know a lot of the women I work with feel the same way it's like why would we desert ourselves in our hour of need and that's what we do time and time again we leave ourselves and what happens is we don't deal with what's happening. We don't deal with the, the horrible feeling. We don't deal with what's going on because we escape it instead of understanding it. And it might be a whole load of judgment, right, that's coming from us internally, our, our inner critic, because we haven't done this, we haven't done that, our house is a mess, we're not managing any, everything perfectly. You know, because, because that's just a big fat lie. There's no perfectly, you know, it's completely... The whole productivity thing is completely made up. You know, we cannot, it's impossible. And we're all there on Instagram pretending that it's possible. It's not possible. And everybody who says it is lying. You know, and I, 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 what I love about this movement for me is the authenticity of it. I love, the greatest thing that happened to me in the last couple of weeks was um, doing some work on myself around body image. And you guys know, this is an ongoing um, place of work for me. 
And I was going to see my beautiful friend, Ellie, and I was a little bit nervous because I had not met her in real life and this is going to sound pretty silly, right? But I was feeling nervous because I'm in a bigger body than I was even a year ago because I've really, I've really started following. And I've had a few little slip-ups, but I think for three years I've not dieted. I, I had a little slip-up about a year ago where I went back to following a diet plan. But other than that, I've not weighed myself, I've not dieted, and I'm learning to make peace with and start to love myself as I am now. This is always going to be a work in progress because there's so much internalised fat phobia for me and just intergenerationally as well. Mum and I were talking about this when I was at home. You know, she was, she's got so many, like she was saying to me, she had, she, she judges people that, who are eating too much, she judges um, in, the, in the nicest possible way. I hope mum doesn't mind me saying this. Um, but in bigger bodies, because but, but what we work through with that, that judgment is a form of protection. So she grew up with fat phobia, her mum was fat phobic. And she grew up, you know, she was a, a, a bigger bodied little kid and people were mean to her, she got bullied. And then when she got, um, she lost weight, she got, was more accepted. And so for her, it's really a point, a point of safety to keep herself in a way that she feels that the, you know, acceptable. Um, so it's really interesting looking at these judgments and why they're there. And kind of like, we get really hard with ourselves over our judgments. But most of the time, they're there for a reason. They're there to keep us safe. And once we can shine a light on them, which you can do all this stuff when you stop drinking, you start noticing all this stuff. And you can start working on it. And you can start, okay, I understand where you're coming from. Okay, I can hear your little voice when you say that about that person because you're trying to keep me safe. But actually, you're not helping anybody because actually the only person you're making sad is me because I'm now feeling bad because I'm making this judgment on this random stranger who's got nothing to do with me. And I had a very similar thing. It was such a big breakthrough for me. I spoke to my intuitive eating coach about it as well. Because I've been doing this work um, in preparation for meeting Ellie, because I didn't want to bring any of that shit with me to meet Ellie, because I love her and she's my friend, but she's 10 years younger than me, very slender body, very fit, very everything. And I was just feeling a bit self-conscious about myself and I didn't want to. And so I was doing some work on it with my friend. I went through where it came from and, you know, some of my family stuff around weight. And um, really shot a light on it. And one of the big things that came from me was that this, this whole belief, but this idea that people think less people in bigger bodies, right? And so I, for ages, have been, like, struggling with the fact that because my body's got bigger, you know, people won't like me so much, they won't want to coach with me because everyone wants to be in slim bodies. And... What was really interesting is I did this work, I shone where it came from, and then my biggest thing, and I've had, I've felt this a couple of times before, but I've, I've often, you know, been coming out of the beach, walking up, and I'll walk up behind somebody who's got a, what, you know, we classically think is a great uh, figure, and I'll be like, oh, I wish I, wish I looked like that. It's almost like everything would be okay if I wish, like, if I looked like that. And then I started thinking about the people that I know that are in a big body, and how much I love them, and how irrelevant to me it is as to whether or not a person is in a smaller or bigger body as to how I care about them, how I love them. 
And then it started to dawn on me that if that's how I feel about other people, then that's probably how other people feel about me. And it was just a really big, like, all of this stuff, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And so when I met Ellie, I was able to sit around in my swimming costume. We went with hardly any clothes on to this thing called cryotherapy, which was like this amazing thing where we went in, um, it's like a really cold fridge. Um, it's like minus 145 degrees or something batshit like that. And we, we went in at each, I think you do four minutes. And during that time you have really cool music playing. So we were choosing, cause we we're both really cheesy ravers and she was choosing nineties, like silly songs and um, raving in our undies. And it was just so lovely and so natural. And I was having so much fun and we videoed each other doing it. And then afterwards, I the first time I was like, and I've, cause I've always not liked that, you know, people posting pictures of themselves with hardly any clothes on and stuff like that. Cause I've always thought it was a bit body shaming and a bit, um, but I was so proud of myself cause I was there with my tummy jiggling and my, you know, myself, and I just looked so full of joy, so full of love, so happy. And it was just another thing of another breakthrough that's come from this journey of self-discovery, learning to love ourselves. And, you know, as always with me, I'm always a work in progress and I'll get things wrong and I'll say the wrong thing. But just that, I mean, that in and of itself is fucking huge, you know, to be able to, and also just to start, demonstrating that in the spaces that I'm in so that other women get the chance to be the same, to see the same, to do the same. And it's the same with the alcohol-free stuff and it's the same with the, you know, stepping up and calling bullshit on the alcohol industry and calling bullshit on the othering of human beings who are struggling with an addictive substance when the fault is with the substance, not the human beings. The human beings are just using a coping mechanism to escape a life that's quite difficult, especially for women. And a lot of the time as women, we've been taught to suppress ourselves and that suppression itself is so damaging to our souls. And for me, it's that taking up space, living this one big life, and it doesn't have to be bigger than like you're a bloody superstar. It just means it's whole, it's real, it's, it's enough. You're content. It's okay. You're not constantly striving. You're like, this is where we are. And if we don't like it, we're going to do something about it. We're not just going to sit and drink and, and just keep having the same, the same, the same. Anyway, I feel like I've got a little bit of a rant, but I just really, I, I think that's a missing piece. I don't think we talk about it or not. And I think a lot of the time it can be shiny, shiny. Oh, you know, I go and do all these things and I've got so much energy. And for me, it's not about that. For me, it's about you might have energy, you might not have energy. It depends how many years you were drinking to push through. I mean, so many of us who are neurodivergent find that we're exhausted when we stop drinking because we've been drinking to push through when we're when our nervous system's dysregulated. And so it's almost like having, you know, some, you know, um, a bit of burnout and fatigue. And it takes a while to bring that back. And that's the reason why I love things like intuitive eating, because it's not about sort of these rigid diets or these foods you can't have. It's about, you know, everything being okay, you know, 
and just giving yourself permission to eat food because we're a human being, you know, <laughs> giving yourself permission to have porridge if you want it, <laughs> permission to have toast, to just have what you want and be your amazing self because all these rules and regulations, they're kept to make us, they're there to make us small and productive. Yeah, they don't want us wild, loud, too much creative, interesting women. Because we're not, we're questioning all this. We're saying, you know, maybe we don't have to work in offices like this. And maybe we don't have to drink. And maybe we don't have to play small. And maybe we don't have to do what our husbands say. And maybe we don't have to agree to everything. And maybe we don't have to keep quiet when we want to say something and maybe we don't have to put up with our kids having you know um not getting the help that they need in you know for their mental health you know it, 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 it's like there is a world out there and i firmly believe that stopping drinking is your first step in a midlife exploration of what your human potential is and that's why i'm so excited about the next few weeks coming up before my 50th birthday and i'm about to head off to thailand in june which i can't wait for um but before that i am going to be running my alcohol experiment which i'll talk to you a bit after the break but I just wanted to talk about that because I think it's not talked about enough and I'd love to hear your thoughts. So please, um, you know, if you want me to cover anything else in the podcast as well, please um, let, me, let me know and connect on um, social media or wherever you, um, wherever you find me. <laughs> All right, my lovelies, have a brilliant, brilliant week and I'll see you very, very soon. Before you go, I just wanted to let you know that on Tuesday the 16th through to Thursday the 18th of May, I am going to be running a three-day virtual retreat. So if you are feeling that alcohol has got a little bit more control in your life that you'd like, than you'd like, if you want to know how to change your relationship in just three days without stopping drinking, then my three-day virtual retreat is for you. It's only seven bucks. Details are in the show notes. And basically what you'll have is an hour, an evening with me. I'll take you through some of the reasons why we, could, we end up staying stuck in a negative relationship with alcohol. When, and we believe that it's all really hard. But actually, it doesn't have to be hard at all. It can be really easy. And we can get to a place where we can just take or leave alcohol. And I'm going to show you exactly how to do that over three days. So there will be some journaling prompts. There'll be group interaction. There'll be a little Facebook group. And like I said, we'll have Zoom um, presentation and Q&As over three nights. As I said, the date's the 16th to the 18th of May. So I will see you there. Just jumping on here for a quick reminder that I am running a masterclass on the 24th of May, which is a Wednesday, on how taking a break from booze can be effortless and change your life. Come and join me. 
links in the show notes to sign up. Be there. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Midlife AF with Emma Gilmore. If you enjoyed it, please share on Instagram for your friends and tag me at Hope Rising Coaching. If you want to help me grow the podcast, please review the episodes for me on Apple Podcasts. That really helps. If you would like to work further with me, please go to my website, www.hoperisingcoaching.com for my free and paid programs or email me at emma at hoperisingcoaching.com. Sending a massive cuddle to you and yours from me and mine. And remember to keep choosing you.